Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spark happy Rentals. Yeah, happy Tuesday. <laughs> Thank God it's not Monday anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway. Well, maybe it is if they're listening to the recording after the fact. Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> Sorry, I'm messing you up here, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, just a little, but that's okay. Um, so last week, Brian interviewed Lauren Almond. I never can. Is it, is it Almond or Almond? I, I called her um, Almond on the podcast. I should, we should know these things. <laughs> I know. It is. And even if we, I forget anyway. So, but it, um, she is from Adulting is Easy. I know a lot of people um, have heard of her and follow her. And that was a really good interview. And this week... Brian's going to tell us a little bit about tax breaks on real estate syndications because there are some differences between, you know, investing actively and investing passively. But a lot of people think there are not tax breaks, but there are. So if you have any questions, let us know where you are, comments, throw them in the chat. And in the meantime, Brian, start us off and, and tell us a little <laughs> bit about the Schedule E deductions. Yeah, it's this is a dialogue, not a monologue. So you know, please, you guys, uh, you know, participate in the in the chat. We do read them as we go. So yeah, let's talk tax breaks on real estate syndications because, like you said, Denny, a lot of people uh, don't think that there are any tax breaks on real estate syndications, or at least nothing like the tax breaks you get or the tax advantages you get on rental properties or other real estate investments. Uh, that's not true. Most of the um, most of the tax breaks are the same, actually, between direct ownership of rental properties and indirect ownership or, or rather passive investment in real estate syndications. So let's just break some of these down tax advantage by tax advantage here. And we're not going to spend too much time on any single tax benefit, but we will link to more information about any single one if you want more information. So first of all, the same deductions apply, the same tax deductions apply to rental properties and also uh, syndications. So these are operating expenses and you know just other costs of ownership. So that includes things like uh, property management fees, landlord insurance, property tax bills, uh, repairs, maintenance, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and countless others. Now with a, uh, a direct ownership of rental property, you have to calculate all these out yourself uh, with a real estate syndication. The sponsor, the syndicator, they run all of those numbers for you and they just provide you with a K1 come March of the following year, uh, showing your, your bottom line uh, taxable profit or loss. So it's obviously a lot easier, but you know all those same uh, expenses are deducted. Now, in addition to property related expenses, like what we just talked about, as a landlord, you can also deduct business-related expenses, such as uh, advertising costs. Uh, if you have any office space or anything like that, that, that can be deducted. Uh, and that includes a home office. Uh, if you have any business equipment, such as like your laptop or uh, you know an iPad or a tablet that you use for business Printer, purposes, uh, any, any of that, <laughs> that is deductible. Uh, legal fees, accounting fees, uh, travel costs, including 
driving to and from your rental properties. All of that is deductible in addition to those property related expenses that we talked about a minute ago. And one of the things that's, that's so great about this is that you can deduct these business related expenses without having to pay self-employment taxes or double FICA taxes that people who are self-employed have to pay. So you get some of the benefits without having all the costs involved uh, of being self-employed here as a business. Depreciation. This is a big one. And this it's one applies a bit to both. Complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a confusing subject for a lot of real estate investors, but it's actually not as complex as it seems, especially if you use a depreciation calculator like we offer for free on sparkrunnel.com. So depreciation, the, the theory here or the, the logic behind depreciation is that buildings are physical, right? And physical things fall apart over time. So I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so the IRS lets you depreciate the, the value of a building that you own over the course of 27 and a half years. So basically you can deduct one twenty-seven and a half of the, the value of your building every year for the first 27 and a half years that you own it. Now, this is, this is a paper expense. Your building is not actually falling apart, right? You do have to maintain it, of course, but depreciation is one of those great tax advantages to real estate. And you get it whether you are investing in a single family rental property all the way up to a 300 unit apartment complex that you're investing in through a syndication. Mm -hmm. Now, here is a big difference though between direct rental property investing and syndication investing. When you invest in a syndication, the sponsor, uh, another word for the syndicator, uh, they typically will do something called a cost segregation study when they first buy the, the property, usually an apartment complex, but it could be some other type of property. They do a cost segregation study. And the purpose of that is to separate out as many components of the building as possible into some different tax category other than just being part of the building. Because the, uh, the IRS lets you depreciate the value of the building, like we said, over 27 and a mm -hmm. half years, but they let you depreciate the value of other types of property over a shorter timeline. You know, well, so five do you years. have example of these other types? Uh, sort of, <laughs> uh, we, we're, you know, we're, we're getting outside my area of expertise here, but, uh, yeah. So things like personal property, um, like appliances count, yeah, like kitchen appliances, for example, count as personal property. And you can, you can reclassify things like that as personal property to depreciate them over shorter periods of time, five years, seven years, 15 years, instead of 27 and a half years. So since you're only going to own a real estate syndication for a few years, you know, three years, five years, maybe seven, you want to be able to take as much depreciation as possible in that brief window, as opposed to having to you know, take less depreciation because you're stretching it out over 27 and a half years. So a cost segregation study lets you do that, lets you reclassify as much of the building as possible into these other tax categories that you can depreciate over much shorter periods of time. So the bottom line, accelerated depreciation. So that's one of the huge advantages to syndications is you often will show a paper loss for tax purposes, even while you're actually collecting real money in the form of distributions, you know, monthly or quarterly distributions uh, from the cash flow from those apartment complexes or, you know, whatever type of property it is. So 
that is a that is a big difference between mm-hmm. you know being a Joe landlord who has like a single family property, you're not going to go out and do a cost segregation study, right? Uh, but when you're buying a 300 unit apartment complex, then it, it does make sense to do a cost segregation study and, and accelerate the depreciation that you can take as paper and losses. Just to let you all know, there is the link to the calculator if you want to play around with it or. Yeah, super easy to use. I know depreciation can get a little uh, hairy for some people. Uh, the yeah, it can be a little abstract, but I promise when you play around the calculator, you'll get it very quickly. Uh, now, that was a, an advantage to syndications over individual rental properties. However, landlords do have their own advantage over syndication investors. So when you take a paper loss as a syndication investor, you can only use that paper loss to offset other types of passive income. For example, dividends from stocks. Uh, You cannot use that paper loss to offset active income, like say your W-2 paycheck. Now landlords get a special exception on this. Landlords can use up to $25,000 of paper losses to offset active income. So self-employment income or W-2 like paycheck income. And that is something that passive syndication investors cannot do. So just something to keep in mind. Now, that all being said, for passive syndication investors, you can just roll your passive losses forward to the following year. And you know that when, when the property sells eventually in a couple of years from now, you're going to want those, uh, those passive mm-hmm. losses anyway. So you can just roll those forward and take them later on when you get that, that big tax bill from your, hopefully your big payout <laughs> when, when the property sells. Uh, so something to keep in mind. Speaking of which, uh, the next tax break for real estate investors is that you pay the long-term capital gains tax rate on your profits when you go to sell, at least assuming that you hold the property for more than one year, uh, which unless you're flipping houses is probably the case. Real estate is very illiquid, costs a lot of money to buy, costs a lot of money to sell. Uh, so typically people buy and hold properties for at least a few years, sometimes much longer. Uh, so that means that you're paying the lower long-term capital gains tax rate on those profits when you sell a property. Uh, and for most people, that's 15%. For lower and like lower middle income Americans, it's 0%. Mm-hmm. I think for married couples, actually, the the income limit is seven around $78,000 for last year and around 39,000 for single people, although don't quote me on that. Uh, probably should have looked that up <laughs> before <laughs> this uh, this episode. Which anybody uh, anybody can do. You can look it up and it changes and the whole nine yards, So Yeah, and we actually, we do have a capital gains tax bracket table on that article that we linked to with all the tax deductions for landlords and rental properties. So you can check it right there. And then, you know, the very, very high earners pay uh, 20% capital gains tax. Uh, but that's still a lot cheaper than the the 37% uh, top tax rate on regular income taxes. So long-term capital gains tax rate is always lower than your regular income tax rate. Uh, so that's that's a huge plus there for your profits when you sell. You can also avoid paying those long-term capital gains rate or defer rather paying that, that long-term capital gains tax on profits by doing a 1031 exchange where you roll your profits into a new property that you invested in. And you can do that with syndications as well, although it's tricky. Um, 
normally you have to invest with a lot of money for that to be uh, practical, uh, but it is possible. So yeah, you can 1031 exchange, you know, a smaller rental property into a larger rental property. You know, let's say you, you sell your duplex and you roll it into a fourplex or whatever, uh, and you don't have to pay any capital gains taxes right now. On and there's time frames. Yes. With all that. And it's, you know, we, you can check out the uh, link with the article and it would give you some of the logistics. Yeah. Yeah. Capital gains uh, taxes. We're not going to dive into the details mm -hmm. of that or, um, or, or 1031 exchanges, but we, uh, we did link to some resources where you can learn more about that. And finally, as a landlord, you might qualify for the pass-through deduction. Uh, that allows you to deduct up to 20% of your qualified business income from your personal taxes. Uh, this is currently scheduled to expire in 2025, and it's a little complicated as to who can, which real estate investors can take this and which can't. Uh, so we will, I've got a link I can share here to where you can read more on that if you're interested. Uh, but that is another tax break for real estate investors. All right. And you uh, also want to work with good financial counselors and, and accountants that know. Yes, real exactly. Estate. Because neither Denny nor myself is an accountant. <laughs> or, no. Yeah. But yeah, you would be surprised if you go, uh, like, if you want to try uh, to save money on an account. Work with a specialist before you actually take any of these tax breaks. <laughs> oh, you don't see the link. Okay, we'll re we'll redo it again. Um, Samuel says I work with property managers in tax in Texas. How is Spark Rental approaching property taxes? Um, I don't understand the question about how no. we're approaching. I mean, we we have to pay them. Samuel, what do you yeah. mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, property taxes are like the least avoidable <laughs> type of taxes in the world because, uh, uh, okay, so he's asking, as a property manager, uh, do you protest taxes? So, you know, if, if, you, if you genuinely think that your property tax assessment is too high, you can contest it. Um, you know, you have to provide evidence from comparable properties. Uh, and you know, even when you do that, your local municipality might still, um, they might still say, nah, we're, yeah. we're going to keep your assessment where it is, but it doesn't really cost you anything. You can, you can try to contest it if, if you think you have a, a good case, but we, um, Samuel, it's worth clarifying that we, uh, even though Denny does a little bit of property management still on the side and, and has, and spent many years as a property manager, we, we do not currently act as a property management company um in our our co-investing club we invest passively in syndication deals so someone else you know there's a different sponsor for those and a totally separate property manager for each one of those so we are not actively involved in any of that contesting of property taxes uh, just so that you're aware that's all the questions we have denny is there anything else that you want to add before we call this episode complete no i don't think so and if anybody if you didn't get the link or you have a desire to have one of the links and for some reason they're not showing reach out to either brian or myself at 
Brian at sparkrental.com, Denise at sparkrental.com, and we will get you those links and questions as well. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you guys enjoy the show that we broadcast live every Tuesday, uh, please uh, rate us and, you know, leave, leave positive, happy vibes and feedback on, uh, <laughs> you know, Spotify or, or, you know, Apple music or wherever it is that you listen to, uh, to this podcast, uh, or if you listen to it, uh, or watch it rather on, uh, on YouTube or Facebook, you know, leave us, leave us the warm and fuzzies and spread the word. Uh, we, we appreciate it. Definitely. All right. Have a great week, you guys. We will catch you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Did you know we offer a free eight-video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side.